Before we start this episode, we want to announce that we won't be doing uh, Sean versus the Red Phantom. We will be doing Who You Gonna Call. Uh, I don't know how that got mixed up, but episode seven is Who You Gonna Call. In between the lies, there's a lot of obscurity. I'm not inclined to. This is We're Psyched. Hi, I'm Elle, and I've never done a podcast. And I'm Jacob, and I've never seen Psych. And now I'm making him watch it. And now I'm making her do a podcast. So let's get started. Today we are covering Season 1, Episode 7, Who You Gonna Call? Written by Carrie Lenhart and John J. Sackmar, directed by Michael Lang, aired on August 18th, 2006, and here's the wiki synopsis. Sean and Gus are called to investigate claims made by a man that a ghost is trying to kill him, while Juliet and Lassiter take up the case of a murdered psychologist. Yeah, this is cool. I like this episode for a couple of reasons. Um, One of them being, is this the first episode that it's not a police case? Yeah, I actually, that's so funny. I wrote this down too. It's tied to the case Juliet and Lassie are working on, but they don't know that. Right. So it is a private case. So this begs the question, how much do Gus and Sean charge for a private case? Right. So it's they have their own fee for the police consulting, mm-hmm. which I'm sure is hotly contested by Chief Vic. Uh, and then also what they end up charging their clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I guess they have to work out both of those. And they would probably be a reduced rate for this one because it was related. I don't know. The accounting department is up on level three, I believe. It's. I don't think it ever gets mentioned the exact number that they get paid. Yeah. Sean always wants more, I assume. Oh, of course. Well, <laughs> so does Gus. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, if Sean's eating up Gus's money all the time. Right. I love that returning thing. All right. So let's get into the episode. At the very beginning, we see a woman we've never seen before sitting in the psych office. And Sean apparently hired her. But she thought she was there for a modeling gig. It's clear that he hired her just because he thought he w- she was hot. Right. Right? And she does not need to speak English. Well, apparently she doesn't speak German either. Yeah. But I think they were trying to get at that because when they were leaving, she says, okay, well, she mispronounces it, but she was supposed to say Spaß haben, which means like have fun. But right. she says Spaß haben, which is... Wrong. <laughs> um, it's, the, it's it's the double S, right? Yeah. Well, the double S, like the S set, is the s at the end of the word, but the beginning of the word, she says a s sound instead of a sh sound. Okay. So she says spas haven instead of spas spas. Now, is that like other languages where if you say that Germans would they know what you're saying or would they would it be a different word because like in in Mandarin or something, if you mispronounce something slightly, it very much changes. Yeah, well, German's not a tonal language like Mandarin is, but I think they would they would first recognize that German probably isn't your first language. <laughs> right. But also another way, a more common way of saying have fun in German is feel Spaß. Okay, that makes sense. Um. Anyway. Wait a second. Wait a second. That wasn't the beginning of the episode. It started with a flashback. That's right. And I'm I so have a sorry. note about that flashback. Henry Spencer directly knows the phone number of Sean's math teacher. 
I was wondering now, if you were going to catch that. That means one of two things. That either means Sean is very bad at math and she has to call a lot. Or he's calling her on the DL. Oh my gosh. But do we actually think that A, Henry Spencer would cheat on his wife? And B, have they already split up? I don't think they have. Well, we never see his mom. So no, far, at least. But she'll be mentioned sometimes in flashbacks. Like, Henry oh. will be like, go ask your mother that. Oh, So okay. I think... I assumed, yeah, because I assumed because you only ever saw Henry that they were already... She was out of the picture, so... Well, the flashbacks so. are with just Henry yeah. and, like, Gus and Sean. But she'll be mentioned, like, he'll be like... Henry will say to Sean, go ask your mother this. Oh. Or something, oh, implying okay. that, like, they're still together. Have I missed that? Because... Or is that yet to come... Because I can't I remember, but okay. good catch. Yeah. I think it's more realistic that the teacher's always calling him because Sean is... A delinquent. <laughs> Youths. Youths. <laughs> no, he's just, you know, he doesn't care about school. He wasn't yeah. a good student. But yeah, yeah, good catch. Yeah. Okay. So we're back at the psych office, though. Sean has an espresso machine. Yes. That's, I think that's a bit too high class for him. I'm just... Oh. I'm classist with my coffee. I know I'm, you know. Note call- to our listeners: Jacob is obsessed with coffee. Yes, I, I'm so mad that I'm poor because I would buy a very expensive coffee machine if I could. Do we want to tell the coffee story about me? <laughs> I'll okay. let you tell it. Yeah. So I started to get Ellen into coffee um, when we moved in together because previously you really weren't right no i wasn't a big coffee person okay so at some point you started to you know like it and want it so you uh you uh you wanted a latte or it was no it was a peppermint mocha right so i i you know made the espresso and then poured it and i was like well why don't i just make more so i just so for our my shitty ass espresso maker you have it doesn't stop pouring the shots on its own you can just keep letting it pour more and more water so i didn't stop at two shots worth of water pouring through the espresso grounds i let it pour to like six or seven so now yep. there's six or seven espresso shots worth of course at that point it gets a little bit diluted so it's not going to be exactly the same as you know using separate beans but still a ridiculous amount of water poured straight through the espresso press and then you put that i put that into your mocha all of it all of it and you were bouncing off the walls it was nuts and (laughs) i i don't even i left you alone for one second. One second, yeah. and I find you back in the fucking kitchen. Sitting on the counter. Yeah, you were sitting on the counter. <laughs> you were eating espresso grounds, just straight. <laughs> and I'm like, I, it's unbelievable. You are, you, it turned you into like, an, it's like an episode of Stargate where they all go animalistic or something. This was what happened to you. It's, you were like wild. And I just, I, like, I can't leave you alone. Like, <laughs> I think my logic, I mean, I remember my brain just, being crazy but i think my logic was like oh i want to taste how coffee grounds just taste and i'm a texture person i like crunchy things so i was like "Ooh, coffee beans it's pro i mean it probably was satisfying in the moment but not a smart move no i ate a lot of it we <laughs> yeah and that was bad i tried to get like i tried to make you like throw it up or not throw it up, but just well, get, get it Well, because we out. had to go get our covid booster we, yeah that was the day we had scheduled our COVID and i'm vaccine. standing in line right with jacob and i'm shaking 
I'm oh shaking. And we, we didn't want to drive. So why, why didn't we drive? We probably should have It was just a nice day. We wanted to. Yeah, we were out. So you, you took your electric scooter and I took my electric skateboard. I was so nervous for you <laughs> when you're doing that because you were like bouncing up and down, shaking side to side. Oh, my God. Do not recommend. Yeah, don't don't do that. But anyway. Yeah. So moving on the episode, we started at sort of the beginning, went to the flashback. And so now we're back in the psych office and this man named Robert comes in and he goes, you need to help me, guys. I'm being haunted by a ghost. And oddly, Gus is into this case. He is texting Sean. He's like, we are taking this case. And Sean's rolling his eyes because he knows ghosts aren't real. Now, so when I was first watching this scene, I was thinking, does Gus just want this because it's easy money? But then we later, later find out that Gus actually believes in ghosts. Because of Sean. Because of Sean. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) So it's like, it's an interesting, like, well, obviously his character is more... I feel like that would have been the Sean thing. It's like, oh, we take this case just because it's easy money. But then Sean doesn't want to. He's He said, we need to stay away from this crazy guy. Well, I think that's because right before Robert comes in, Gus mentions that someone at his job died. And Sean was like, why didn't you tell me? I want to go, you know, investigate that. And so, like, his mind is on that. And when Robert's like, I'm seeing ghosts or... I think I'm getting haunted by a ghost. I think Sean's like, I don't want to take this. He wants the action. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes Just a theory. We learn that Lassie is very, very possessive of his crime scenes. Oh yeah. (laughs) That was, that was very funny. Just like Sean was dying to get a look at that murder. Um, You know, because everything or almost everything we'd seen so far in this show, right. has been murders. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, or, I mean, no, there's been insurance fraud too, but, it, it was involving murder. Uh, so, yeah, Sean, Sean likes that. That's his area of expertise. Um, and then uh, Lassie was just very, very possessive of it. This is my crime scene. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's the head honcho. Which brings me to the point that Chief Vic is not in this episode. Neither is yeah, Buzz right? McNabb. Yeah. I noticed his name was still in the end credits. So you, So since he must be just like this... He must be billed as a mainstay character, even though he doesn't appear in every episode. Probably. Was he not even in, like, the background of a shot? Like, I wasn't in... looking for him. Yeah, so... me ne- yeah, me neither. So, Gus finally wins Sean over because Robert dramatically rips off his shirt and says, the ghost is trying to kill me, and we see all these bruises and marks on his neck. Mm-hmm. And then cut to the theme. Yeah, cut to the theme. Which I, I, I made a note of that moment because Robert rips his shirt like surely the button is gone. He's like, I just need to really dramatically show these guys the marks on my neck. Yeah. It well, was... I mean, I get it. He's really scared. I'm like, you wrecked that shirt, bro. I feel like that's the least of his worries. Um, the guy <laughs> sure. who plays Robert, you did a little bit of deep diving on the actor, right? Yes. His name is Frank Whaley. Whaley. Um, he's an actor and director. <clears throat> Um, he's done one episode of Chicago Med. I remember you were were into that show a little bit. Yeah. Um, he's had a, he's a ton of credits. Um, everyone involved in this episode does the writer and director also. Um, but he's done like NCIS and a bunch of big, big shows and some movies even back, back in like the eighties, nineties. Like he was in, you ever see Field of Dreams? 
No. Okay, that's the one like the baseball movie where if you build it, they will come. <laughs> okay. I, yeah, it's it's he was in that apparently. I I don't I can't remember his character. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the director of this one, Michael Lang, um, he's done like Bones, Criminal Minds, Eureka, The OC, Nine Hundred Two One Zero, and so the a X-Files. lot of crime shows. Yeah, crime shows. I wonder if. Yeah, see, that's interesting. I wonder if he's prolific of en- enough of a director where he's like, I only want to work on this kind of show. But I mean, he's done a bunch of other stuff also. It might just be his forte. Yeah. Um, and the, maybe those are just the most popular of the shows that he's done. Uh, and then, so it has, there's the three writing credits for this one. Steve Franks, Carrie Lenart, and John uh, J. Sackmar. So those two are both like uh, consulting producers for Psych. Anyway, I was Wilting Flower. Yes. We find out that the reason Gus is so drawn to this case is because he believes in ghosts. Because when he was young, there was the ghost of a Native American child who died on the land there and was like stuck between worlds or something. And we find out that it's just Sean, of course, up to his shenanigans, who put a walkie-talkie radio in the walls and would speak through it in a creepy voice to scare Gus. And of course, uh, it worked because I wouldn't say Gus is superstitious, but he lets stuff like that affect him. Yeah. I mean, he did say, I never told anyone about it. So it really got to him. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, something creepy like that and unexplained could be a core memory when you're growing up. Mm -hmm. You never know. So moving on. We are at Robert's house because Sean and Gus are taking a look around and Sean notices there's some like random red hair lying around. He sees that someone crossed off Robert's face in a bunch of photo albums. So he thinks um, he comes to the conclusion that he thinks it's a jealous ex or someone trying to kill him or send a message. He obviously does not believe it's a ghost. Right. But Robert wants him and Gus to stay the night. Yeah, so he, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it playing along, but more humoring Robert at that point because he's like he's pretty sure it's just someone trying to get to him, send him a message. Mm-hmm. And they wake up and the living room is up in flames. Yeah, someone lit the place on fire, broke the window, and kissed Gus on the forehead. Yeah, what, what the fuck? I so watching that, I'm like. Where the fuck is this going? Because it's like, I I see the mark on Gus's forehead, and I'm like, wait, he's a Jaffa. Oh my gosh, the amount of times you reference Stargate. I'm yeah. not gonna rat on you for writing up, for like bringing up other shows, but right, no, no, but that was like, it's like kissing Gus on the forehead. It's such a like a curveball. It's it's like it. I legitimately was like, what the hell is happening for a good you know before before any answers came about i'm like there's there's no way this is going to make sense like yeah and i mean i've seen this show way too many times i think this is our my eighth watch through of the entire show but when i first saw this episode i was so confused (laughs) and i was like oh yeah this makes sense if i went and committed arson i would yeah light a fire that makes sense um break a few things yeah and then kiss this guy on the forehead before leaving. <laughs> well, you gotta kiss the homies goodnight. Well, here's the thing that I didn't get. Why didn't they try to swab him for DNA? Yeah, well, would would the lipstick count? Well, I guess... Could they get some saliva I, from it? I wonder. Maybe not. It's, it's, it's tough to say. 
That but, crossed my mind. Right. I mean, yeah, good catch. Uh, I wonder if like it's. It, I wonder if it wouldn't even be worth it because the most of the sample would be Gus's. True. Like mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Um, and then Sean did wipe it with the napkin. Yeah. Which tampered with right. it. So. But what do you reckon that Sean was the reason he was motivated to finish the case at that point was just he was jealous that someone kissed Gus instead, instead of him. Instead of him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. And actually, we'll, we'll return to that topic at the end of the episode about okay. Sean's ego. But Something else in that scene. <laughs> but uh, yeah. He was, Sean was messing around with the, you know, pretending that there are spirits. And he's like, Gus, do you feel cold? Oh, that he's was like, actually way before the fire scene. Right. It was, yeah. It when was, they first it was get when to the they house. first went to Robert's mm-hmm. house. He was like, Gus, do you feel cold? And he's like, yes. And he's like, because you're standing under a vent. <laughs> but that vent is a sideways blowing vent. It like, it's one of those where it it, it has the, the angled grates yes. so that it blows the air like across the room instead of directly down. So I'm like, why would he be that cold there? I wonder if it's maybe just misplaced or if there's a lot of leakage from those. But anyway. Interesting. That didn't bother me as much as it bothered you. It would have been easier to put like, you know, just like a normal graded. I I wouldn't call it normal, actually, but a a more plainly graded vent where it would be like, yeah, it would blow air directly down. But also, why would that be in someone's house? Yeah, true. Interesting catch. I mm-hmm. I don't know. It didn't. That didn't bother me. That sh- that shouldn't bug me. I'm so. No, I'm, I'm glad I'm you're bringing this up. This no, is good. I'm criticizing myself because fuck you, Jacob, for getting so bugged about dumb shit like that. It's like, not dumb. I, I need think to. It's no, fun. I need to actually. Okay. That, well, like, okay, okay. Let me I play. I wasted a, a line of my. Let notebook. me play along. Okay. All right. If it did blow side, so you were like, is he really that cold? Is Gus really that cold from a vent that doesn't blow straight down on him? Maybe it's just that general corner is cold. From that vent. Yeah. So you're right, because it would the air would just be coming. Because he was like, I'm picking up a cold spot. So I don't know. So going off of his hunch that maybe it's a jealous ex trying to, you know, intimidate Robert, Gus and Sean go to his ex's house. And how do they get her address? I think they got it from a book in Robert's house. Oh, I guess that would make sense. Or something. Okay. But, I mean, Gus didn't want to go, so Sean did. Of course, the logical thing, and drugged him. Six allergy pills? That is a dangerous um, That is a dangerous dose of... I mean, if it's Benadryl, that's diphenylhydramine or something. That's dangerous. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He could so, have killed him. And then Gus gives him the silent treatment, which... At first, I was like, Gus is acting like a child. But if, if you drugged me and drove my car, my company car, far, far, far away... I will give you the silent treatment too. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't blame you. I, the, the only redeeming quality would be the sourdough. Yes. Be, I mean, yeah. I mean, you would have to forgive me a little bit, right? If I give you really delicious sourdough. Yeah, I mean, sourdough bread is really good, and I mean, if we're talking about it, I actually wrote some stuff down about sourdough bread. Really? Okay. So Sean suggests getting fresh baked sourdough. Um. And since this is my favorite kind of bread, I decided to put some facts out. So sourdough is the oldest form of leavened bread. The sour taste Mm. comes from lactic acid, 
And overall, it's healthier and easier to digest than conventional bread. Is that because it, it is leavened with bacteria instead of yeast? I believe so, yes. Or in addition to yeast? Yeah, that would make sense. It's it's kind of like a probiotic. Freaking tasty. Yeah, it's amazing. It tastes good with everything. Yeah. But yeah. we're digressing. So yeah, back okay. at the ex's house. It's tangentially related to the episode. I, I allow that. <laughs> back at the house, they meet Robert's ex and find out that she's now engaged and she's this big art buff and so sean says to gus you, you know pretend like you're this french guy who's interested in art so there's the gus nickname he comes in labeled as francois with this really i'm i'm so sorry but his his french accent is bad it's it was it's really bad so funny though it was so funny because he just didn't know what to say, but then he just had to say something. He was like, he was a lot of studying. He was like, uh, uh, that sounds like baguette. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sourdough. Wait, that was Italian. Yeah, that was yeah, Italian. I don't know what I'm doing. But they quickly figure out that they can eliminate the X theory. Yeah. And so then they're back to the drawing board. I thought that was really funny because, uh, because uh, when they first showed up to her house, Sean was like, no, it's not her. And then he turned around. And then it's because I, okay, it's really funny. I was like, oh, because she doesn't have red hair. And then he's like, because her lips don't match. I'm like, well, that's a really weird detail to pick up on. Well, he would pick that up, of course. Of course. Yeah, of course he would. But of course I wouldn't, you know. It's, yeah, If we're, okay. If we are going to get off topic a little bit the lip thing bothered me because the lipstick on gus's forehead was a lot thinner than the lipstick sean drew away with the napkin did you notice that the napkin lips were plump yeah they were more plump yeah than the lip marks on gus's forehead which makes me wonder what happened with the production there like did they have someone with a shitload of lipstick kiss like dule hill's face or forehead and then, like, have that be the, the... Or did they just have a napkin prepared that right. Sean picked up? Which I think they must have, because it also his forehead looked a little bit like they drew mm-hmm. it on. Because it was just two yeah. like, even lines instead of how it would be kind of more of a faded... Yes. Yeah. Also, are we really to believe that Gus didn't wake up when Robert kissed his forehead? <laughs> and if Sean is that observant... About the ex not matching the pair of lips, wouldn't he notice that Robert's lips would match? You are a hundred percent right. Yeah, and now that I'm thinking about it, what if there was a little bit of a trace of lipstick left on his lips? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Oh my I mean, god. Maybe. I mean, the reason I like this episode so much is because the what we figure out the answer to the case is something that's like a total. You know, it's a total surprise. You know, it's a big plot twist. Like, we've never had a case like this before. Right. And you know what I thought was really cool about that was he had the realization that we're dealing with a split identity Mm kind of early on. It wasn't like other episodes before where it's like his revelation only comes at the end. Yeah. It was like the revelation wasn't even the final plot point. Yeah. I like how this, they figured out who very fast they didn't figure out why yeah very fast and so that was interesting the next thing i have on my notes is quote we don't have balls oh lassie 
he walks right into these things with Sean. He really does. And I love that Sean referenced it. I think it's kind of cute how whenever Sean sees Lassie and Julia together, he'll bully Lassie and then only say goodbye to Juliet when they leave. Yeah, I noticed that too in this episode when they were, when he was driving away. Bye, Juliet. It's been a pattern, and yeah. it, I think it's just kind of cute. Right. Um, he clearly has a thing for her. Oh, he doesn't try to hide he it. He doesn't hide it. No. Like you would. I feel like you would be more subtle. Like if if you're working, quote unquote, working with these people, like even as tentative as the, the arrangement is, you would be more subtle about how forward he is mm-hmm. to Juliet because I feel like I feel like that's a shortcut to HR. So the next thing is Gus and Sean discover an attic in Robert's house. An attic with where the entrance to it is outside? It's like out on the porch? Yeah, that I wrote that down yeah. too. It's a little weird. That'd be really drafty. It was just a piece of plywood covering the entrance. And I feel like if I was Robert I mean, he knows that's there, right? Well, yeah. I yeah, would have brought, brought that house. up to Sean. Yeah. But I don't know. Anyway, they enter into the attic and they just see, you know, women's wigs, women's clothing, shoes, but shoes in a very big men's size, mm-hmm. you know. And they discover that Robert has this very rare mental disorder called DID or Dissociative Identity Disorder, which is the reason why he thinks he's being haunted. He switches to his alter, not alter ego, but this, his other personality. Yeah, Yeah, Regina. Yeah. Now, okay, so that's, there's something about this. Regina is aware of Robert. Robert, but Robert is not aware of Regina. Yes. How the fuck, wait. It actually, that that actually, I researched DID. Okay. That's not uncommon. Oh, interesting. So, I mean, the the disorder is uncommon, but it's not uncommon for one personality to be unaware of the other ones and vice versa. Interesting. um, And then I wanted to quickly note before we move on that the pineapple, we'll put this on Instagram. It is a pink, purplish, clear perfume bottle and it is shaped like a pineapple. Yeah, totally missed it. So there's our pineapple catch. It's very small and subtle. Like, yeah. I mean, is, is that the one that uh, Sean picked up? No, and that, spritzed. That was Gus actually who oh. picked it up. And no, it's not. Okay. That one was just like generic. It actually didn't even right. look like a perfume bottle. It just looked like a generic bottle. Yeah. Um. um how? Well, yeah, because it didn't have a label. Um. They have Robert come up, and Sean tells Gus, "Let's try to trigger Regina's personality to yeah. come out." And since Regina kind of <clears throat> has a thing for Gus, it works. They have these triggers, the perfume, they put clothes on her. And so Regina comes out and she talks about how she's trying to send these messages to Robert that he ignores because he thinks he's being haunted. Uh, I should have asked this earlier when you first mentioned the, the DID. Uh, is is like a, a mixed gender DID a thing? Is that a known condition? Um, I'm going to have to do some more research on that. Right. You know, why don't you look that up while I give this little tidbit okay. here? So... There's a big question for this episode about whether or not this aged well. Um, I guess there's some controversy about, you know, DID versus, you know, transgender. 
Um, I have my own opinion on this matter, and I actually found someone on Reddit who kind of shares my opinion and put into words exactly how I felt about it. The user is called It's Only Fear, and they said, I'm going to read a quote. They said, being trans is not the same thing as having disassociative identity disorder. The reason this episode is complicated is because the female personality, Regina, is trans, but the males are not, which makes sense with DID. It's a, I think it's unfair to assume that getting the help he needs, quote, equals suppressing the female personality and therefore no longer being trans. No one says anything even remotely close to that at, that, at any point. The beauty of this episode is that Sean and Gus don't make fun of Robert or treat him differently when he's the female personality. They take each of the personalities seriously, treat them like individuals, and just want Robert to figure out how to manage his disorder. I don't think any of them, or most of the other characters for that matter, would blink an eye if Robert decided to stay with the female personality and transition." End quote. I thought that was a very mature outlook yeah. by this user on well Reddit. Well said for Reddit. <laughs> right? Yeah. I know. Way to go. I, I appreciate that, and because especially in my... Uh, armchair research i just did uh some people with did uh, this is according to cleveland clinic health uh some people with did have up to a hundred alters alters tend to be very different from one another the identities might have different genders ethnicities interests and ways of inter interacting with their environments could the, you imagine how hard that must oh be oh my god yeah because so in this one at the end he is sent to a, a mental clinic of course to, because they can't just arrest him yeah he is both him. the victim and, and yeah the bad yeah and the perpetrator so i assume in this case he they're he's they're going to need a lot of counseling for uh the the murderer which Wait, we find out he, martin brody yeah the right? third personality yeah. so he's gonna need don't be evil counseling and then regina is going to need counseling for well, because of the ethics of why we can't let you transition, you're going to need to be okay with your body right now. Or the opposite. Like if Robert and the Brody get right. on board, you or know, who like, knows? Yeah, they need to accept. Mm -hmm. you, need to, you need to go through gender reassignment surgery even though you have no feelings of needing it. I can't imagine how freaked out Robert was. And can I just applaud Whaley? His oh. acting is scary yeah it scary was, convincing yeah, it when i when they when they first uh, brought out regina it, he was phenomenal like the kind of like the subtle like change in his facial expression like where it happened with his expression before it happened with his eye, eyes wow it was it Even was wild the body movements the yeah. the way regina talked versus the way robert talks and then yeah. the transition back to robert I don't know how he did this. I don't know if you yeah. noticed that quick, maybe second or two when Regina tells Gus, for you, anything, and she lets Robert come back. Whaley does this thing with his eyes where he just looks so out out of there. You know what I mean? He just look his eyes gla are glossy. Right. And then he snaps back into Robert. I'm like, how yeah. in the hell? Yeah. It looked so convincing. Well, yeah, because I mean, imagine, imagine wake us uh, essentially waking up and you're in a wig and a little bit of makeup on like, yeah you'd be freaked out 
Which then begs the question, is this the first time he's ever woken up with Regina's makeup and hair right. and outfit? It, well, yeah, because, well, Regina is aware of Robert's, so yeah. I assume it could be. Like, so maybe she Regina, changed back to Robert's appearance right, before letting she him. take off the makeup and the yeah. clothes and then get into bed or something. Yeah. Yeah, but, um, and then they figure out, but wait, this, we know that someone's being violent. Regina wouldn't be violent. Obviously, Robert wouldn't be violent. The third personality is the violent one because he doesn't want to go through gender reassignment surgery. So he's been disguising himself as Regina's personality and going to the therapy and seeing the psychologist and kills them. That's how the first one died. And that's the connection with Lassie and Juliet's case. Which is a really cool dovetail. I I didn't think the storylines would interfere at all because I thought, I think, I thought, okay, the setup of this episode is Sean and Gus are like pretty much booted out of the police investigation. So they're going to do their own thing. And I thought that would be that, but then it dovetailed together and I'm like, that's awesome. I love that. I love that too. And then it cuts to when Sean and Gus go back to the police station and we hear the delicious. Yeah. I caught this one. I caught this one. uh, And unfortunately we didn't catch many of the other ones, but he said we can get delicious Jamba juice. I agree. John, the juice is very delicious. I love all these juice places now. I mean, they're way too expensive. Oh, yeah. Way overpriced. Oh, my God. I got this smoothie the other day. I don't know why I was craving a smoothie, but I'm like, I want a smoothie. And so I got one and I got one called the 800 pound gorilla. Oh, yes. They call it that because it's 800 calories. But was it worth it? It was delicious. It was if somehow it was that. It was that filling without feeling heavy. Like it still Great. felt really light to drink it. So as Leith from the Great British Baking Show would say, it was worth, it was worth the, the calories. calories. <laughs> yeah. And now, you know, you can bully me. I'm the one who mentioned a different show, but <laughs> I think yeah. we should drop it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so they go back to the station and Sean has his psychic vision that, oh my gosh, there's a third personality. We need to go because that personality is in the appointment with, with um, Dr. Drake. Yeah. Which, nice. Um, <laughs> and he's going to kill her. He's this going to is... kill the psychologist so yeah. the psychologist can't write a referral for a gender reassignment. Right. And again, yeah. applauding Whaley's acting when he goes, okie doke. The creepy. Oh, my God. oh yeah. it's so, it just get like, it gave both of us, we were watching together and we both go, Ugh. like yeah. it gave us chills. Because before then you were just like, Oh, Regina's just uncomfortable in this scenario. And then after that, you're like, oh shit, oh shit, something's happening. And it's then it's not we Regina. Out, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. That was well, well played. Yeah. And of course, the good timing, Lassiter does. Oh, the tackle. of course, you know. Yeah. Oh, Lassie. So I don't know how we skipped over it, but. <clears throat> the B plot of this whole episode it revolves around Lassie. Hmm. Um, and we forgot yeah. to even mention it. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Lassie is going through some hard shit mm-hmm. with his partner or yeah. ex-partner, but not quite not ex-wife quite ex yet. yet. Yeah. And I guess she has a thing for like these porcelain little ceramic figures and he was going to mail some to her. I don't know what the deal was with that. And he did mail them to her. Oh, yeah, she that's right. She sent them back. Connected. What the? Maybe we have a ghost because I don't know if anyone heard that, but the TV just went connected and yeah. it's turned off. So it's turned off. Okay. Oh gosh. Ooh, chills. Okay. We did the seance. 
months ago. I know. And we... it's still coming back to bite us. And whenever we do the podcast, it just comes up. But Yeah. Yeah, so she sends the package back with the note. Like She says something along the lines of, X means apart. Clearly sending Se- the message no, that no, she wants separation space. Yeah, separation. Because right? it's like they're separated, but he doesn't. He wants to get back together. Yeah. She doesn't. It's clear that she is over the relationship and he's not, which is always mm. hard. So what does he do to cope? He goes downstairs and places all the little ceramic figures in a row and shoots the shit out of them. Of course he does. You know, what was really funny is when I, when I was first watching that scene, I was like, oh, he has a thing for collecting those, those figurines <laughs> too. He wants to just put them up in a row. Nope. Nope. He's gonna, the way he copes yeah. is with guns. Surprise, surprise. And then Juliet, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but a little thing that was fun about this, you know, <sighs> me being a music person, I was like, oh, I know the song that's playing during this slow motion montage where he's shooting all the little figurines is, um, it's On der Schönen Blauen Donau, Opus 314. And it's a waltz composed by the Austrian composer... Johann Strauss Jr. And it was written in 1866. And psych isn't the only thing that this waltz is used for. It's actually commonly mm. used in slow motion montages in movies and other TV shows. Yeah, it's very, very common. Which is hilarious because whenever that song is played, this very whimsical sounding music, it's yeah. always a violent or chaotic scene going on yeah. in the background. And I, I think you had something you related to with this right so this is exactly what i wrote my uh thesis on in the international baccalaureate film program or film class uh because we had what was called the ee it's basically like a watered down dissertation for the ib program um i mean i I say watered down because it, it you really only work on it for one year um anyway anyway uh so I did mine for film because it was what my focus was. And so it was on the use of juxtaposition in film and how that is like tied into irony and humor. And so, yeah, I did notice, I did note how songs like this, like whim, either whimsical or lovely songs are used uh, in, in they cut the audio of like violent things or, completely unrelated things as as a storytelling device because our irony is comedic and and it's like yeah I, I I mentioned like Kingsman where they were playing that oh, I can't remember what song it is at the end of it when all the heads are exploding and <laughs> yes and, and like uh the Tosca opera is playing in the James Bond movie where they're having the gunfight in mm-hmm. the kitchen of the opera building or they'll use Franz Schubert's Ave Maria, a yeah, lot Ave for a Maria. lot of yeah. violent montages, but the the voice audio gets cut and they're like shooting at each other, and you just hear Ave Maria in yeah. the background. Yeah, yeah, I love um, that. Yeah, me too. Um, and it was this episode, you know, when you were like, "Oh, I want to figure out what that piece is called," because I've heard it, I don't know what it's called. This is the first time I've known that there are two Schuberts, Schumanns, Strausses. <laughs> wow. You know, the famous Johann Strauss, and he had a son, so Johann Strauss II is Strauss Jr. And, yeah, see... And Jr. is the one that wrote uh, this one. 
Right. I uh, made a note um, when Sean is at the police station doing his shtick of uh, snooping around when he's not supposed to. He's looking at the patient files of Dr. Blinn. Um, and at in the shot, I notated the time code at 37 minutes and two seconds. You can clearly see the Regina Kane name uh, visible. Yes. And then in the next shot where we see the file cabinet or not the the file bin it's it's way different like all of the things are so organized you can't see any names and sean's like thumbing through it and it's it's like wait i i don't even understand why that yeah why would they done why would they change that yeah can't they just use the same prop for the same scene yeah because it's like so did they shoot it they didn't shoot the two shot the two angles at the same time. They couldn't have because it was too. It doesn't even make sense. I don't know, but we'll put it on yeah. stories or yeah. on Instagram posts. But yeah, that was a good catch. I actually didn't catch that. Yeah, I mean it's it's subtle because it's like it doesn't make yeah. It, it's like well, you're just looking at the file cabinets and then like they're still talking, so you're listening to what they're saying and then and then Sean goes in close to it. Yeah. yeah, and then the whole time we're worried. Oh my God, are they gonna get ca- caught by Lassie? Yeah, it's very because stressful. Juliet was like, "Sean's at your desk," and Lassie's like, "Alone." <laughs> yes, you know? that was so funny. I thought, I thought they should have done the thing where it's like, she got scared and then she goes to run because. Well, what? they did something better. They and I'll put this on Instagram stories. They go up rushing, walking very fast up the stairs together and just a split second. I thought there was a very good acting choice by Meg Lawson. She looks over at Lassie while they're walking. Lassie has this very stern, I mean business face and she looks over at him and then she puts on her stern business face. Yeah. So it's like, it's, we're still so early in their relationship where she is, you know, she's not the head person. She's not training, but she's, you know, the junior detective. She's not the head detective. Yeah. And she, I feel like she both looks up to Carlton, but also mm-hmm. wants his approval. Yeah. I so, think that was a, a, I want his approval moment because she doesn't actually care about being stern in that No, moment. she wanted to yeah. include Sean in this case, and yeah. he said no. Which, again, shows to Juliet's instincts, you know, being usually right. Yeah. Um, I thought that was just cute. That was a great acting choice. I don't know if that was written in the script, but the way she... She put on her I'm me business face. That reminds me of, did. Yeah, those moments where it's like, oh, I have to be mad at you. Yeah. Like, that's a really yeah, funny Yeah, it's my moment. job. Yeah. Yeah. My boss is mad at you, so I'm mad at you. Yeah, exactly. Next thing I have written is, how do you prosecute someone with dissociative identity disorder? We kind of covered that. And then they actually, they answer that question right uh, the next moment in the episode where it's, yeah, they're just taken to a mental health clinic. Cause, Which is the right move. Yeah, you can't legally prosecute someone because then they couldn't serve prison time because then it's uh, unjustly imprisoning other people. Yeah, Which and it, it's just like, what does he really need? To just be stuck behind bars or to get actual help? No, yeah, that yeah. will definitely... It, mental health would be, would be the best option because, you know, learning to deal with that mm-hmm. is what they need. Um, how, how should you, you should only refer to one personality at a time, right? So you wouldn't say they, even though there's three people, you'd say 
You would say Robert was... So Robert wasn't aware of the other two. Right. And so we kind of think of him in this episode as like the main person. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, just use pronouns he, him when it's Rob, Robert and the yeah. other dude and then use, you know, she, her with Regina. Yeah. It's that's why I think that's why there was some controversy that was spiked up from this episode. But like that Reddit user yeah. put very, very eloquently. <clears throat> I don't think there should be. Yeah, and they I, handled it well. Yeah, and they, it's yeah, not they the didn't same. Make fun of him. Yeah, and yeah. it's not the same. DID is like a totally different, rare. Yeah. Thing it's, where you said that he had hundreds of personalities. That's yeah. very different than being transgender. Yeah, or gender dysphoria even because yeah. that's one personality having an issue. Yeah, uh, it's. Yeah, it, I don't think that it's worthy of people the out any outrage because. If there would have been a reason to get pissy about it if if Robert or Regina were the butt of the jokes. Yeah, and if, you know, Sean being immature took this case when he figured out what was happening and made it kind of a, a joke. Yeah. And he didn't. Right. Which I'm so happy they didn't do that because if he had, I would have hated Sean a little bit more. Yeah, you're right. Sean was lost very, so much respect. He he was very delicate. You could tell when they were in the attic with uh, Robert and then Regina. He, he was very delicate with it. Yeah, because he didn't want to scare Robert. Yeah, who clearly had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Um, but they needed to. You know, they they had a job to do. They had to figure out what. You know, they had to solve the case. So it was handled well, written well. Um. You know, I think it was just all in all a good plot twist, first of all. You know, we haven't had a case where the person who comes to get help, first of all, has this disassociative identity disorder and then also ends up being the bad guy, but also the good guy, the victim and the killer. You know, it's just so complicated. I love it. Yeah. All right. So the case is over. Robert's going to go get the help he needs. Juliet and Lassie, I'm assuming, you know, lots of paperwork. And... (laughs) We see that Sean and Gus are back in the psych office, and instead of that blonde, German-speaking, sort of German-speaking woman, now there's a male model receptionist who Gus hired. And I had mentioned previously when we were talking on the podcast earlier about how Sean has this ego. Well, it's definitely reflected in the scene because he's like, Gus, fire him. Gus is like, I can't fire him. He's like, you have to fire him. He's more attractive than me. And Gus is like, didn't he say you and me? You and me combined. I feel like, but that was literally just me. That was insecurity, you know? Yeah. And Gus is like, I can't do that. That's, that's discrimination. And Sean goes, I I can't fire people because it makes them sad. And so they text him. They text him basically that he's fired, which wow, real mature. That's the text message. I'm breaking up with you. (laughs) Exactly. Finances involved. Yeah. And um, I, I just I think it's funny. Just I and I think it was just worth mentioning that Sean is insecure with himself a little bit. He acts very haughty and like he knows everything, and he's a very very smart guy. But you know, it's coping. Yeah. Oh yeah, you have to cope. Yeah, he has to cope with that. Before we end the podcast today, we just have a little special announcement. So since we made the official Instagram for this podcast, one of my friends from my voice studio at school, well, he graduated, but 
Um, his name is Dominic. He DM'd us on Instagram, and I had no idea he was a Psych fan. Yeah, we have our first our first uh, message to our Instagram account, and that's very exciting. Uh, I'm. It, it's just it. I I told this to him in my reply. Um, it's it blows me away that that uh, anyone at all listens to our stuff and enjoys it. Um, so I'm so glad to hear from someone who's a fan of the show and a, a fan of our podcast. So like that's great. Um, Dominic writes, come on, son. I'm super stoked that you're doing... No, you uh, gotta do it the Gus way. Come on, son. Come on, son. I'm super stoked that you guys are doing a podcast on my absolute favorite show. I've watched through Psych so many times. I'm gonna be enjoying your shenanigans and conversations so much. Ten minutes in and I have a solid smile on my face listening to you guys. By the way, I do think beanies are caps but not hats. Wow, okay. Controversial! (laughs) Wait, let's talk about this before we close. So Dominic, after giving it some thought, I have to agree with you. Because caps, I think of like, you know, cap and gown, graduation, baseball caps. Hats, I think like fedora, you know, but I don't think a beanie. So I think it would fit under the cap category. You know, I I guess I, I see that you're right. And then I also just, for some reason, I think of a cap being like sturdy. But uh, no, a hat is sturdy too. Like, I don't know. I, I can't remember what I said yeah. in the first episode. Oh, gosh. Okay, and but like, like a sun hat is floppy. It's not sturdy, but it's a hat, yeah, not a cap. Yeah, it's a floppy hat. You know what? Let's end this right here, right, right oh. here, right now. That's a reference for a different psych episode. But let's end this right now. I'm going to look it up. Okay. Ooh, this is very interesting. I don't know anything about this website, but... Hats.com. According to vocabulary.com, a beanie is a small, round, brimless hat. It was fashionable for boys to wear beanies in the first half of the 20th century. So, tradition is... (laughs) Vocabulary.com? You're fake news. They say traditionally a beanie was a flat, close-fitting hat without a brim. Well, I've seen beanies with brims. But then it says sometimes also called a skull cap. So what one is it, Vocabulary.com? Is it a a cap or is it a hat? I thought a skull cap is like a more tight-fitting thing, like the Jewish little cap thing. Okay, we're back to the drawing board because that did not answer our question. Yeah, that made it worse. Well, you know what? We'll put up a voting thing on stories. You can vote. Do you think it's a hat? Do you think it's a cap? Do you think it's something else altogether? Oh, okay. So, history of the beanie. History of the beanie? Is that a a website? It's on headcovers.com. This seems better than vocabulary. That's more inclusive of head covers. Yeah, head covers. And hats and other... Oh, okay. So this this actually goes against what vocabulary.com said. It says the traditional use of a beanie type cap is simple. So it's a cap, okay. not a hat. So Dominic, yeah. you were right. I applaud Dominic you. Was right. Okay. And uh, if you want to see the history of the beanie, how the beanie got its name, beanies in the industry, and more, we'll put the link to this headcovers.com. Beanies in what industry? <laughs> Beanies in industry. The, That's the all it threads says. industry? Beanies or? in universities. The propeller University? hat. University? Oh, that's Beanie a classic. Beanie hats today. Oh. How they've evolved. Actually, this is a very interesting website. We'll put it up on our Instagram. Okay, yeah. Thank you, Dominic. Yeah. Thank you for reinvigorating, reinvigorating that, uh, that thing. Because that's really interesting. I didn't... I mean, 
as much as I know the internet has anything and everything all of the time, I didn't think there Love would be a Bo website. Yeah, I didn't think there'd be a website on the history of a beanie. Like that, oh my gosh. Someone spent, it's the internet. Anything you want to look up is on the internet. True. But someone spent hours of their life putting that together. And thanks to them, we can end this yeah, argument. Thank you to that person. Thanks to Dominic and headcovers.com, we can put yeah. this matter to rest. I would like to close with one thing that Dominic did write in a follow-up message. He said, P.S. Jacob referencing other media is very on brand for Sykes' referential humor. So in a sense, he is still on topic. This is I rest so my case. True. Pen drop, mic drop, except it's on a stand. <laughs> no, no, I conceded to this. I referenced other things during this podcast. You're right. So you were right yeah. again. And Dominic, you were right again. Again. So thank you so much for messaging us. You don't know how much it meant. We were over the moon happy and very touched that you would respond yeah, and listen. Yeah. Any feedback because there's a lot of things to talk about this episode. You know, if there's any controversial opinions, you know, if you had a problem with the way that this episode was handled, I'd like to hear about it. Maybe we can, you know, see, see why someone would have a, a problem with this episode or the way that the, the disorder was portrayed or something. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the great thing about podcasts. You can listen to two idiots' opinions like us and then, you know, just compare yours to ours. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of We're Psyched. The next episode we're going to cover is Season 1, Episode 8, Sean versus the Red Phantom. For real this time, we're gonna be that one's for real next. this time. We are we, so sorry. We started our research for like a no, notes on that episode. I know. Like we're so prepared. We for sat it. down. Yeah. Follow us on Instagram at psyched.pod for information on our uploads and our post of behind the scenes and content from the episodes. Thank you so much for listening again. We'll see you next time. Um, we have a little bit of a special and then 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 then